What of the hunting, hunter bold? Brother, the watch was long and cold. What of the quarry he went to kill? Brother, he crops in the jungle still. Have you sighted tonight's entertainment? They, they camp by the river at the base of the great cliff. Eight, perhaps ten strong. They have fire, brother. Fear not, Ayapan. What is the red flower beside the power that radiates from our emerald bloom? Where is our sister? Uh, she hunts in another part of the jungle. You lie. Dawan has not joined the hunt for three moons. It seems she tires of the chase. She will learn to obey the rule of Shardul Khan, or she will die. We all rule equally, brother. You, me, Dawan. Indeed so. I merely meant that it is not wise to disobey the law of the jungle. Now, it is time. Emerald Tiger, give us your gift. Where is the power that made your pride? Brother, it ebbs from my flank and side. Where is the haste that he hurry by? Brother, I go to my lair to die. Pindar, shh, 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 Edgar. Know how bad Jonathan's been since his back teeth started coming through. Pindar thinks he's found a path to the island. We'll try it in the morning. Heaven knows what marvels await us. Oh, surely you've collected enough specimens by now. The Zoological Society will have to build an extension to house them all. The Forster Wing. I like it. Oh, Adela. I can't wait to see Sir Reginald's face, can you? <laughs> India, your lordship. Well, I suppose it's all right for amateur zoologists such as yourself. But in the 50 or so years she's been part of the Empire, India's only interesting zoological event has been the extinction of the Himalayan quail. <laughs> I'll show him. Lord Edgar Forster's 1908 Karabar expedition will become as legendary as the voyage of the Beagle. Yes, if they believe you. How can they not? We have the evidence. Hundreds of specimens, each with an anatomy which undermines the very bedrock of biological science. This is the most revolutionary scientific discovery since Darwin and his finches. And look how they treated him. Oh, I can see the headlines now. Peer attempts hoax of the century. Forster's folly. Lost world or lost marbles? Uh. Lord Forster, mad, bad, and dangerous to nobody. The world of journalism lost a top player when you married me. No, I'm serious, Edgar. People don't like to have their treasured truths trampled on. I'll trample lightly, I promise. Now, what has my son and heir been reading tonight? Ah, well, well, young Jonathan. The Jungle Book, eh? Isn't that a little frightening? Oh, by all the saints! What was that? The camp's under attack. Oh, Some no. kind of wild beast. Oh. Take Jonathan and head for the boat. Oh, but, but what about you? I'll be all right. I'll be right behind you. Don't you worry. There. 
I've yet to meet a beast that failed to be impressed by the old Webley breaktop. weren't they? Oh, tigers, I think. Oh, very big tigers. Oh. They get in the water. What do you mean in the water? Oh, no! Calcutta, land of the goddess Kali, one of the world's most vibrant and popular cities. Center of the jewelry trade, hub of industry, commerce, science, politics, culture, education. And what have we come here for? A cricket match. Not just any old cricket match, Turlo. Today is December the 31st, 1926, and in a couple of hours, Arthur Gilligan will be leading the MCC and possibly the greatest match of the greatest tour in the history of cricket. All India versus the Marylebone Cricket Club. And where are they going to fight this legendary engagement? Right here on the platform? Oh, in one of the sidings, perhaps. The Eden Gardens, a 15-minute stroll from here. I really must have a word with the Brigadier about your education. There seems to be very little emphasis placed on sport and altogether too much prominence given to sarcasm. Don't mind him, Doctor. I love cricket. I'm afraid I find the rules rather baffling. Will you be playing yourself, like at Cranley Hall? Ah, uh, no, no. This time I'll be more of a spectator. That doesn't sound like the doctor I know. Yes, thank you, Tegan. Now, a hat for Turlo and me, and for you two ladies, one of these each. Umbrellas? Parasols, to protect you from the heat of the sun. Every refined memsab carries one. Now, if memory serves, we take the western exit. This way... What in Shiva's name has possessed you, Kimbal? You nearly killed us with your demonic driving. 
And what are we doing here? This is the station, not the university. Have you gone mad? Well, answer me. Kimball, I think perhaps that bite may have been more serious than we had suspected. You don't look at all well. Kimball, come back, Kimball! Will the TARDIS be safe there? I mean, won't somebody notice it just standing on the platform? And what if they do? The worst that will happen is that they'll remove it to the left luggage office. I have the key so I can prove it's mine and reclaim it. And what if something happens to you? Cricket's a dangerous sport. This is right, Doctor. You know what these bowlers are like? You could get a Chinaman the chops or a googly in All the... All right. Here. Now, Tegan has the TARDIS key. Everyone happy? About as happy as someone wearing a three-piece suit can be in this heat. I think you look very smart. Besides, it's a nice change from that sombre school uniform. Yeah, makes you look more mature. Is that a good thing? Not as far as the tickets are concerned. Children get in half price. Now, if you've quite concluded your sartorial analysis, perhaps we could get a move on. I don't want to miss Mercer's opening list. What's wrong with him, Doctor? Red eyes, drooling mouth, bestial rage. I'd say it was a pretty clear case of hydrophobia. Hydro what? Yeah, rabies. Get back to the TARDIS, Tegan, and fetch the medical kit. Righto, Doctor. Now, everyone, stand back. Give him room. Don't alarm him. Nissa, get back. It's not He's safe. just frightened, Doctor. It's all right. We're not going to hurt you. We want to help you. Nissa, please be careful. Rabies is highly contagious. I know what I'm doing, Doctor. This sort of thing has been part of my job for several decades now. Hello? My name's Nissa. What's yours? Kimber, Kimber. Stay back, please. Kimber, it's me, the professor. Yes, if you come back to the car with me, we can take you to the hospital. No, leave him alone, please. Nissa, look out. Solo, help me get him off her. Everything has now been loaded into the forward baggage car, Lady Forster. And our guest? Secure in the rear car. There appears to be some commotion on the platform. Signal the driver to get the train underway immediately. We don't want anyone asking awkward questions. I understand, your ladyship. I very much doubt that you do. I trust the Memsarb is unharmed. She'll be fine, which is more than can be said for this poor fellow. The bullet went straight through his heart. Yes. Rather a fine piece of marksmanship, don't you think? It must have been a good 20 paces. You could have shot Nissa, you idiot. I'm sorry. I said you could have shot Nissa, you idiot. Never speak to a British officer like that, boy. Especially not one who's just saved your mother's life. Mother? She's not my... Don't answer back. There's a good lad. The fellow had Diwani. He'd already attacked that native chap. He was about to make short work of the Memsarb here. Shooting him was a mercy. Shooting him was entirely unnecessary. I was about to administer an antidote. Antidote? Don't be ridiculous, man. He was too far gone for the old Pasteur jab. You saw him. He was a ravening beast. Danger to everyone on the concourse, including me. And so, like the fine upstanding soldier you are, you bravely shot him in the back. Have a care. I'm not someone you'd find it wise to cross. I'll be sure to remember that, Major. Haggard. Major Cyril Haggard, Governor-General's office. And you are busy. Oh. Tell her, this is coming round. See if you can revive the other one. Yes, Doctor. Doctor? <laughs> Never much cared for you fellows. Too clever by half. I'll take that as a compliment. How are you feeling, Nissa? Crushed. 
What's that ringing noise? Sirens, I think. The emergency services. Well, much as I'd love to hang around and listen to the Memsab's words of grateful thanks, I'm afraid I have a train to catch. Wait! You can't just leave us with a dead body. NMPOB, not my problem. Doodlepip. Unbelievable! Who was that man? A walking embodiment of everything that's going to bring down the British Raj. Now, are you hurt? Uh, I don't think so. <gasps> no. Wait, my neck. Let me see. <gasps> ah. Tell her, any sign of Tegan yet? Probably arguing with a porter. Why? What's... Oh. What is it? What's wrong? There's nothing to worry about. Tegan will be back soon with the medical kit and then we can sort it out. Sort what out? You've been bitten. Clear the way. Move aside. Which way are you going, mister? Oh, my apologies. Here, let me help you up. Thanks. I thought soldiers were supposed to march, not run. Government business. Can't stop. Hey! Aren't you forgetting something? I already gave you my apology. Not that. This. Your briefcase here. It seems I owe you my sincere apologies and my grateful thanks. You have no idea how sorry I'd be to lose this. It was nothing. And speaking of losing stuff, any idea where the lost property office is? Oh, there's, uh, there's one by the western exit, I believe. Now, if you'll forgive me, I must catch this train. Bon voyage! And for me, it's a case of cherche le tardis. How long before I develop full-blown rabies? It won't come to that, don't worry. The virus has probably entered your bloodstream, yes, but when Tegan gets back here with the first aid kit, I can administer post-exposure prophylaxis. If given immediately, it's 100% effective. And if it isn't given immediately? Uh, Tello, how's your patient? Remarkably unscathed, considering I went backwards through a glass door. Your friend here has told me how you tried to help poor Kimball. I am much obliged. He was a good colleague. I'm sorry I wasn't able to save his life. Do not berate yourself. Kimball was beyond salvation, I fear, though not beyond kindness, for which I thank you. But where are my manners? My name is Professor Narayan. I am head of mythology and folklore at the University of Calcutta. Professor? You look barely older than a student. <laughs> I get that a lot. I think I should invest in a pair of spectacles. Delighted to meet you. I'm the doctor. That's Turlo, and this is Nissa. We're here for the cricket. Ah, I entertain great hopes of Nayadu. He's certainly an outstanding batsman, but my money's Doctor, uh, doctor, the police will be here any minute. Uh, I know, Turlo, I can hear the sirens. Well, won't they want to know who we are? Ask to see our non-existent passports? What are we going to tell them? Leave everything to me. The chief of police was at university with me, and so I am not without influence. Wait here while I speak to the officers. Trapped. No escape. Don't worry. I'm sure the professor can straighten things out. Uh, they're taking me back. I'm back to face him. Yes, sir? Doctor, look at her eyes. They're flickering. Mm, concussion, maybe. Yes, sir, can you hear me? The journey begins. I am returning. Uh, Khan! Uh. Doctor! It's all right, I've got her. The infection's taken a hold quicker than I thought. It might have something to do with her metabolism. Trachan, you know, she's always been susceptible. What did she mean? The journey begins. Doctor! Doctor! You took your time. I thought they'd moved it. Lost property, like you said. But they hadn't. It's gone. Gone? What's gone? The TARDIS! Then you haven't got the medikit? No. What's the matter with Nyssa? She was bitten, infected. 
Is she going to be okay? That rather depends on whether we can find the TARDIS. She's already showing signs of symptomatic rabies. Don't ask me how it's moved so fast, because I don't know. What I do know is that unless we can treat her very soon, we may lose her. There! In the front carriage of that train! The TARDIS! They're just shutting the doors on it! It's pulling away. We've got to stop it! What about Nissa? I'll carry her! Now run! On the tailgate, both of you. What? You heard him? Jump! Like this! Oh, here, take my hand. That won't be necessary. Take this, uh, and then uh, I'll join you. Whoa! Whoa! We're speeding up. Hurry, Doctor! It's no good, I can't. Find the TARDIS and get off at the first station you come to. Nissa and I will catch the next train. Good luck. Good luck yourself! Right. Let's get inside. The sooner we find the idiot who took the TARDIS, the sooner I can give him a piece of my mind. I don't envy him. Oh, great. The door's padlocked. When I say immediately, I mean immediately. Mind if I join you? I've seen ghost ships with more passengers. The living should stick together, eh? Ah, that's better. Now, how does one summon the drink swallower, do you suppose? I could murder a brandy and soda. What are you doing on my train? Your train? <laughs> I like that. Only the Viceroy has his own train, my dear. The rest of us must make do with sharing. I dislike sharing, which is why I hired the entire train. Now, perhaps you'd care to tell me who you are and what you're doing on board my train. We can then determine the least painful method for getting you off it. Calm yourself, Naga. Your tail will heal. And when it does, we shall capture the man-cub and eat him together. What's the matter now, you overgrown earthworm? Ah, so you sense it too, do you? Yes. It seems the Emerald Tiger has a new mind to toy with. Weak, but growing stronger. She's free for now, but soon she shall know the will of Khan. Were you having a bad dream? I... I think I must have been. Where are we? Station Forecourt, Calcutta, 1926. Professor Narayan is currently explaining the death of Kimball to the Chief of Police. How are you feeling? Oh, groggy. We're at Tolo and Tegan. On board a private train bound for Durgapur. At least that's what the lady who hired it told the station master. Durgapur? A charmless little settlement on the banks of the Ganges, about a hundred miles west of here. Once the professor's finished smoothing things over with the authorities, we'll catch a train and follow them. Hopefully they'll be waiting with the TARDIS at the next station and we can give you that anti-rabies jab. Oh, a lot seems to have happened since I fainted. How long was I out? About five minutes. I don't hang around. Doctor! Doctor! Bad news, I'm afraid. They've closed the station. What? It seems our friend Major Haggard is a thief as well as a murderer. 
He broke into the Governor General's safe early this morning and relieved him of a considerable quantity of money and bonds. The police have sealed up the station and cancelled all trains until they find him. Then how are we going to get to the TARDIS? And do not distress yourself, Miss Nissa. We can use my car to drive to the next station. It's the white one over there. That's not a car, Professor. That's a work of art. You took your time. I may never be able to use this shoulder again. Should have used your feet like I told you. Mind you, it was a pretty stubborn padlock, I'll give you that. Look, still locked tight. I don't believe it. Made in New South Wales. That explains it. Stubbornness is one of Australia's greatest exports. That's funny. Thank you. Not you. I meant the padlock. It was on the outside of the door. Surely if you wanted to prevent thieves breaking into your baggage car, you'd lock the door from the inside. Unless you wanted to prevent something from breaking out. A 1908 Rolls-Royce Silver Ghost. They certainly knew how to build these things. Listen to that. Perfection. Listen to what? It's barely making a noise. Precisely. That's why it is called a silver ghost. It glides along silently, and before you know it, it's gone. Shouldn't we be gone too? Of course. Now. Oops. Perhaps the professor should drive. Alas, I cannot, Miss Nissa. Kimball was my chauffeur as well as my assistant. I much prefer to sit here in the back. Besides, I'm an excellent driver. Ah! Well, I'm afraid you'll have to do better than that, Major Haggard, if you wish to remain on this train. But it's perfectly true, I assure you. Since last year's Gujarat protests, it's been standard government policy to ensure a military escort accompanies every train travelling on Her Majesty's Railway. I can assure you I have no need of your services. It's not just insurgents. They're thieves everywhere these days. What if someone attempted to make off with your cargo? Then they'd get a very nasty shock. Whatever it is, it's on the other side of these crates. Come on, let's have a peek over the top. Is this entirely wise? Unless whatever it is can jump ten feet in the air, I think we'll be fine. Now, shh. Gonna take a quick shifty. Well? I can't see anything. Now, wait. I think... <gasps> oh, Tegan! Doctor, I can see Tegan. And Turlo. Where? Did we pass them? No. They're right in front of me. I can't explain it. I can see the street, and at the same time I can see Tegan and Turno. They're looking down on me from the top of some wooden boxes. She is having a vision, Doctor. Kimball too had the third eye. I'm not sure this is a vision. Are they still on the train, Nissa? Uh, I think so, yes. They're inside one of the carriages. The real one. But they're not alone. Doctor, they're in terrible danger. Then we'd better hurry. Hold on! Uncaged? Are you mad? Iron bars do not a prison make. The beast is enthralled to my will. That is her cage. That and the titanium chain around her neck. Titanium? It's the only metal that seems to hold her. She destroyed the last cage we put her in. Bit through the bars like licorice sticks. <laughs> 
Impossible. No beast alive can do that. This is no ordinary animal. What is it? What does it look like, stupid? A ruddy great tiger on a chain. But it's too big. And look at its eyes. They're glowing. Rubbish. You know what cat's eyes are like. They reflect the light. There isn't any light. I shut the door, remember? There's still enough for us to see by. Now stop being fanciful and start thinking of how we're going to get past this thing and find the TARDIS. If Nyssa doesn't get that medicine, she could die. Okay, okay. Well, these crates run along the wall to the door at the other end of the carriage. So if we make our way along the top of them, we should avoid coming into the radius of that thing. Always providing that chain doesn't break. We'll just have to hope it was made in New South Wales. And now our little tete-a-tete must come to an end, I'm afraid. I'll signal the driver and we can put you off at the next station. My tiger is protection enough. I can dispense with your services. Au contraire. I think it is I who can dispense with yours. As of this moment, this is my private train now. Step away from the communication cord. Have you taken leave of your senses? If you pull that cord, I shall be forced to shoot you. Is that so? Ah! What's happening? The train's slowing down. Grab hold of What? Who is? The tiger. The tiger with the emerald eyes. Nessa, get your hands off the wheel. We must save him. Nessa, let go. Doctor, look out ahead. Apologies, my dear doctor. I was intending to cleanse your wounds with the water, not drown you. I am mortified. Oh, don't be. It was just what I needed. Nothing clears the head like a bucket of ice-cold water. Where's Nissa? Behind you. Unconscious. Let me see. Her ankle was badly cut, but I managed to stop the bleeding. You've done well, Professor. Regular breathing, rapid eye movement, which means the brain's functioning normally. No obvious injuries to the head, so we can discount concussion. Why isn't she waking up? Nissa! Nissa! I wonder if it's the infection. Kimball wasn't this bad after he was bitten. Feverish, yes. Delirious, even. But he never lost consciousness. Mind you, it was a much smaller bite. Oh, I doubt the size of the bite has anything to do with it. Nissa's got a very different metabolism, that's all. What was it that bit Kimball, by the way? A bat. A bat? He and I were visiting the Karabar Caves, recording the cave paintings there. Do you know them? I'm afraid I don't. Oh, they are remarkable. 
My home village is quite near there, and so I know them well. In fact, the caves are what inspired me to study mythology and folklore. They contain some of the earliest cave art in the whole subcontinent. I travel all over India collecting research material, but always I am drawn back to the Karabar caves, their majesty and their mystery. Mystery? No one knows their full extent. I myself have studied them for nearly 20 years and have only scratched the surface. But I am rambling. We need to catch up with that train. Sadly, the silver ghost is no more. It hit the wicket at full tilt. It's a miracle none of us was killed. So what do we do? Flag down another car. Watch out for that treetops, you oaf. This balloon costs more than your entire family earns in a year. I think I may have a better idea. Where am I? You are inside my mind, sister. We are sharing our thoughts. Sister? I don't have a... You're the tiger. The one on the train. My name is the one. And yours is Nissa, yes? Yes. Am I? You're not dead, no. You were hurt, but you will mend. In fact, you'll be better than before. Stronger, fitter, keener. Now, rest. I must deal with the flame-haired boy and the screeching she-cat. Tolo and Tegan? Please don't harm them. At the moment, I am in far more danger from them than they are from me. Stay away from him, you filthy beast! Plenty more where that came from, Whisker-Face. Turlo, wake up. Come on, Turlo. All right, all right. I'm awake. What's all that? Ah, nice kitty. Good tiger. Stay where you are. It's okay. Can't reach you now. The chain's not long enough. That's all very well, but I can't reach the far side of the carriage either. We're back where we started. Not quite. I can make it over the top of these crates. Find whoever owns that overgrown fur ball and get them to muzzle it. Then we can find the TARDIS, get off and wait for Nyssa and the Doctor. Always providing there isn't an even bigger tiger on the other side of that door. Ever the optimist. There. Made it! Now... Rabbits! It's locked! Which are you opting for? Feet or shoulders? Brains. Well, brains and this crowbar. That's cheating! That's winning! Now, don't do anything stupid while I'm gone. If Pussy Galore here gives you any trouble, lob a candle at it. A candle? That's what's in those crates. Big fat church candles. Shame you haven't got a match. Or you and the tiger could have a candle at supper for two. See you later, alligator. Candles, eh? Tegan, wait! These aren't candles, they're sticks of dynamite! First a tiger, then dynamite. This place is a death trap. And you can shut your whiskers. Tarlo. I'm sorry. Tarlo, friend of Nissa. And you're certain that everything is all right, your ladyship? Oh, perfectly. I I tripped and grabbed the emergency cord to prevent myself falling over. That was when I I hurt my shoulder. Shall I fetch the first aid kit? 
You're a bleed-eagle. Oh, that won't be necessary. It's just a scratch. Besides, I'm sure her ladyship is keen for us to be on our way again. She can see a doctor when we reach Durgapore. Durgapore? Order the driver to set off immediately, please. Yes, your ladyship. This train is headed for Durgapore, isn't it? Of course. You're not the most convincing of liars. I'm out of practice. You, however, are clearly at the top of your game. And not just at lying, to judge from the disgorged contents of your little valise. What? Blast it! All that money in such a shabby briefcase. Either you're an eccentric or a thief. Or possibly both. What I am is none of your business. But it is my business, Major. And it will remain so until you quit my train. How many more times, woman? This is my train now. Oh! Try not to forget it. All right. Who owns that blooming great tiger? Well, if it isn't the girl from the platform. You. We meet again. Major Haggard at your service. Tegan Javanka. Is that thing in the rear car yours? It's mine. And you'd better not have harmed her. Harmed her? Listen, lady, that pet of yours is about to eat a friend of mine. Oh, poppycock. Kill him, yes. Eat him, no. She seldom eats. I don't care if it's a vegetarian. You're going to stop it now. Come with me. Well, what are you waiting for? Permission. Major Haggard, this is your train, after all. Safer if we go together, don't you think? This way, then. Hurry! What did you just say? Nyssa and I are blood sisters. I must have hit my head harder than I thought. The blood of the Emerald Tiger flows in our veins. We see as one. Usually it takes months, years even, before our thoughts can be shared. But Nyssa is special. Such control in so little time is unheard of. I see. Actually, no, I don't. What are you talking about? She was bitten but an hour ago. The man on the platform, Kimball. But he had rabies. I was calling to him, but his mind was still confused. He had not yet submitted to the Emerald Tiger. And that's you, is it? The Emerald Tiger? <sighs> No, my name is the one. Like Nissa and Kimball, I too am a victim of the tiger. It is a curse. Once it enters your blood, there is no saving you. You mean you die? Worse. You change. You have already noticed my eyes. The way they glow. Now, observe my paws. Yes. Very impressive. I still don't understand. Take a close look at these claws. It's all right. I shan't use them on you unless you persist in gaping at me like a vacant-brained monkey. Well, they look pretty sharp. Are you a nail file or a scissors kind of a cat? Wait a minute. They're transparent like glass. I'm changing. Emeralds for eyes, diamonds for claws. That is the curse of the Emerald Tiger. And that's what's going to happen to Nyssa, unless she gets treatment. It is too late for treatment, Turlo. There is no turning back for Nyssa. She is one of us now. For the last time, you pathetic bird, I don't know where Dawn is. Her mind is shielded from me. But she is returning, Guppy. I can sense it. 
returning after ten long summers. Why? Isn't it obvious? That weakling cub of hers, Jeanne, is still here, and maternal instinct is drawing her back. You and that coiled fool, Naga, must keep close watch on the cub. Do not let him out of your sight, Gabi. For when my sister comes back, she is sure to seek him out. That is when we shall take her and make her pay for her disobedience. My brother Ayapan's betrayal was met with death, and it would be unfair to treat my sister any differently. No one resists the will of the Emerald Tiger. No one! Are you all right? It's nothing. A buzzing in my head, that is all. Look, about Nyssa. The doctor will find a cure for this thing. I admire your spirit, Flame Hair. But it is as inevitable as the cycle of the seasons. Ten years ago, I tried to destroy the tiger. Tried and failed. Like my brother before me. It cost him his life. It cost me my home and my little cub, John. And that was when the tiger was still vulnerable. Now it is beyond destruction. My other brother, Shardul Khan, protects it in the Temple of the Emerald Tiger. Then we'll have to pay him a visit. The temple is on an island at the heart of a sunken valley, encircled by a great cliff palisade hundreds of feet high. Ah, for a moment there I thought this was going to be difficult. They mustn't know I can talk. Play along. With what? This. Tyler! Stand back! Tyler! Stay still, boy. Oh, no, you don't! What the blazes did you do that for? Can't you see the beast is going to kill him? You might have hit Turlo. Besides, it's not necessary. Enough. Get back. Back. Do you hear me? Well, I've seen it all now. now. You may cross safely now, boy. She won't harm you. Thank you. You had a lucky escape there, lad. Yes, I could have become the day's second victim of a trigger-happy lunatic. Well, if it isn't the doctor's boy. This is turning into quite a reunion. You've met Major Haggard before? Oh, yes. He shot Kimball, the man with... the man who was infected, and very nearly killed Nyssa in the process. Nice to see you've learned your lesson, Major. You were never in any danger, lad. My aim is perfect. I'm glad to hear it, because if you'd missed, you might have hit one of these. There! Dynamite! And then we'd have all been blown sky-high! You mean that's what's in all those crates? Explosives? There must be 30 or 40 cases of them. Why so many? Guy Fawkes' night's been and gone. Well, your ladyship? Like pilgrims to the appointed place we tend. The world's a train, and death's the journey's end. But before all that, let's have some tea. A fine day for it. I'm sorry. Uh, surface wind must be, what, three or four knots? Good thermals, not too much high-altitude cheer from the looks of those clouds. Perfect ballooning weather, I'd say. Would you? Oh, yes. I wonder, would you by any chance consider... No! Now shove off, or I'll put some grape shot in your backside with this. No, I doubt that. And why is that? 
because short magazine Lee Enfield Mark V rifles don't fire grape shot. A 1924 model such as the one you're currently holding fires a .22 calibre low recoil cartridge. Incidentally, how do you find the receiver-mounted aperture sighting system? They say it's a great improvement on the Mark III's. So, you know your guns, eh? Colonel Burroughs. Dr. Smith. You hunt, Doctor? Never had the stomach for it. Yes, it's not for the faint-hearted. Aziz, my balloon waller, is a complete coward. Closes his eyes when I fire. Where is the fellow? Blast him. He's supposed to be fetching some replacement rope for the top vent. Did you see the way we landed? Came in far too fast. Damn flap at the top got jammed open. But I say, if you like, you can join us for the afternoon's hunt. It's much more exciting from a balloon. You catch the blighters unawares. Help! Help! What the blazes? It came from over there. Help, please. The Memsad here has been attacked by a bug. Oh dear, I think the lady's been bitten by some kind of insect. Not bug, you fool. Bug. A tiger. So close to the city. What luck! Which way, man? In the trees. It was maybe 12 feet long. 15 with the tail. By George, what a specimen! Take charge of the balloon while I bag the beast. 15 with the tail? (laughs) You know how these hunting types like to exaggerate. So, what about the balloon? You heard the colonel. He wants us to take charge of it. Accident or not, the TARDIS is lying on its side in the front car of this train. Everything's probably shaken to pieces inside. Highly unlikely, the TARDIS has inertial dampeners. Whatever happens on the outside shouldn't affect the inside. Thanks, Turlow. When I need your advice, I'll section myself. Well, your ladyship? My dear girl, I should be only too happy for you to take this blue box of yours and be on your way. But as there are no more stations between us and our destination... You'll just have to be patient. We have an hour until then. I suggest we fill it with a spot of tea and gingerbread. You'll have to excuse me. I'm going up front to check on the TARDIS. Coming, Tarlow? I'll be right with you. I'd like the answers to a couple of questions first. Suit yourself. It's at least three hours to Durkapur. As I'm sure you've already divined, Major, we're not going to Durkapur. We're taking the Western Branch Line. And what's at the end of the Western Branch Line? Nothing much. A platform, a sturdy buffer, a sheer cliff down into the valley below. And perched on the edge of the abyss, the Carabar Caves. That should do it. We're about 3,000 feet, I'd say, heading west along the route of the train line. We're extremely fortunate that the wind just happens to be blowing in that direction. Balloons aren't renowned for their manoeuvrability. How's Nyssa? In the arms of Yoganidra, goddess of sleep. It is so still. Are we moving at all? We are, and quite fast. Thirty, maybe forty knots. We are heading towards my homeland, towards Karabar. Tell me about these caves, Professor. Well, they're geologically unique for a start. No one's quite sure how they formed. They sit at the edge of a vast circular depression in the earth, perhaps three or four miles across, a bit like a huge volcanic caldera. Except that the nearest Indian volcanoes are in the Deccan Traps, a thousand miles to the south of here. Eh, Quite so. The surrounding area is rich in precious gemstones too, which would again indicate volcanic activity. But, as you say, the geological evidence is against volcanism. 
It is inexplicable. Not inexplicable, Professor. Merely unexplained. Boy, am I glad to see you. A time traveller without a TARDIS is about as useful as a surfer without a board. Tell me about the Tigress. Where did you meet her? Uh, we met, as you put it, about a month ago in Mandalay. Now, oh, don't tell me. The beast was leading Burma's anti-empire protests. No, but its owner was a victim of them. Ten years he'd had her, but he was prepared to sell her to me for a few thousand rupees. Enough to enable him to flee the country. Tea? Thank you. It's taken me all this time to reach Calcutta. Transporting a tigress across 500 miles of land and sea is not the simplest of procedures. Milk? No, thanks. So why bother? My name is Adela Forster. Oh, I, I don't expect you to have heard of me. I've done very little to bother the society columns for several decades now. My late husband, Lord Edgar, was an ardent naturalist. An amateur, but a good one. Eighteen years ago, he and I went on an expedition to the Carabar Caves, collecting specimens to send back to the Imperial Zoological Society in London. What sort of specimens? Edgar had heard of these cave beetles, a species of troglobite, whose abdomens were said to resemble rubies and to glow faintly in the dark. The locals called them the Eyes of Carabar. They lived in the deep recesses of the caves, well, apparently, but no one had ever captured one. Edgar was determined to be the first to discover and catalogue them. He'd always wanted a species named after him. Leptodirus forsterii. So, he mounted a small expedition. A handful of bearers, a local guide called Pindar, myself and... Um, and our little son, Jonathan. And did you find these jewelled beetles? We did. And more besides. Purely by chance, we discovered a way through the caves into the sunken valley beyond. It was terra incognita. A jungle that had remained isolated for thousands of years. Whatever lived down there, in that inaccessible valley, was unknown to science. The Lost World, Edgar called it. A Darwinian paradise. So what did you find down there? Death. Kimball and I were making drawings of the cave art when he was attacked by the bat. The Karaba murals are believed to be the source of the great myth of Lanka. Lanka? The lost island fortress of Lanka. It's our equivalent of your Atlantis legends. Both the Mahabharata and the Ramayana speak of it. It was said to be ruled over by a shape-shifting king who possessed the secret of wealth and immortality. King Midas had those and much good it did him. <laughs> Quite so. Anyway, it was when we were making these sketches and after we'd found the beetle that Kimball was bitten. The beetle? A life-size simulacrum of a beetle made from precious stones. Diamonds, sapphires, rubies, emeralds. Possibly it was used as a votive object in some religious ceremony or else worn by a person of high rank. I have it here. Uh, somewhere. Ah, here we are. A bug in a box. Thank you. As you can see, it's a perfectly exquisite piece of craftsmanship. 
It proves our ancestors were every bit as skilled at lapidary work as the pre-Columbian Mesoamericans who carved the crystal skull currently gracing your British Museum in London. I'm sorry to disappoint you, Professor, but no one carved this. It's the result of what I suppose you could call metamorphic metamorphosis, flesh becoming stone. I don't follow. This was once a living beetle. Once I was as you are now, Nyssa, a human who walked on two legs, my brothers likewise. What made you change? It happened when we were children. My brothers and I used to play in the hidden valley at the base of the great cliff. Yes, I can see it. It was our secret place. No one else from the village knew the way through the caves. Who is that boy? That is Ayapan, my younger brother. He and I would swim in the river. It was so clear, so refreshing. We would play with the crystal fish or watch the flower petal dragonfly skim the water. My older brother, Shadul, was always off in the jungle exploring. Then, one day, he found it. Found what? Show me. On an island in the center of the valley was the temple of the Emerald Tiger and inside, the tiger itself. Our fingers barely caressed it, but it was enough. From that moment on, everything changed. But what could make a living creature turn to gemstones? I don't know, but whatever it is, I strongly suspect that it's in that sunken valley beyond the Karabar Caves. Moreover, I'd be very surprised if it hasn't been there for some considerable time. What makes you say that? Those cave paintings about the shape-shifting king of Lanka and his gifts of riches and immortality. What could be richer than jewels or more immortal than stone? You mean there's a mythological king down there turning beetles into brooches? Well, not literally, but not far off. Now what then? The Emerald Tiger. Yes, what? Sir? After the tigers. After Edgar and Jonathan were lost to me. I uh, escaped into the caves and used dynamite to seal the entrance to the lost world forever. I then followed the scarabs back to the mouth of the cave and to the world of men. The scarabs? Oh, on the way in, we'd marked our route with a series of scarab hieroglyphs, painted on the rock walls. <laughs> it was Edgar's little joke. Beetles leading the way to beetles. <laughs> well, that's the most egregious story I've ever heard. And I include the collected works of Messrs Doyle, Verne and Wells. A world inhabited by crystal beetles and ivory birds. <laughs> Ridiculous. I'm going up front to find out how soon we'll reach Carabar and how soon I can get off this bedlam on wheels. Oh, don't forget your swag bag. I won't. Thanks for the gingerbread. Oh, and look after that shoulder of yours. Ow! Doodle-pip. Oh! Oh, he, he really is a despicable excrescence. It didn't work, did it? Sealing up the cave, not completely. Something made its way through from your lost world. Something with emerald eyes and diamond claws. What a very observant boy you are. 
Yes. As soon as I heard rumours from Mandalay of an unusually large tigress with crystal claws, I knew the entrance must have opened up again. Well, perhaps it was a rockfall. Perhaps the creature dug its way out. Perhaps there was always another route in. And so you're going back with a carriage full of dynamite to do the job properly this time. There is an evil at the centre of that lost world. A heart of darkness. It must be denied all means of escape. Where, tigers? Well, to begin with. But the more they used their powers of lycanthropy, the harder it was to change back. That's why Dewan is stuck as a tiger. Are you sure you're feeling all right, Miss Nissa? I've never felt better, Professor. Which is, in itself, worrying. If what you say is true, then you and Dewan will suffer the same fate as that little crystal beetle. Kimball, too, had he lived. Then what is to be done? We need to catch that train. Stand back, Professor. Nissa, help me tip the burner on its side. It's time we turn this balloon into a rocket-powered airship. And if one green bottle should accidentally fall, that be... That didn't sound good. Ah, oh, there you are, Miss Trevanka. What was that noise? I had a disagreement with the guard. You shot him? Why? He didn't seem to like my plan of crashing this train through the barrier at Carabar and sending it tumbling over the cliff. Can't say I cared much for it either. It was definitely a gunshot, Doctor. I heard it distinctly. Something's wrong. Your senses really are enhanced, aren't they? We are directly over the train now. Still too high. Professor, pull on the release rope. We need to open the vent at the top of the balloon and let the air out. When we're low enough, I'll jump onto the roof. You're mad. Carabao Station is only a mile or two down the track. If Mrs. Wright, Tegan and Turlo need help now, not in a mile or two. Pull the rope. Very well. It snapped off. The upper vent. He said it was broken. I'll climb up and open it manually. No, Nessa, it's too dangerous. Uh, let's just see how enhanced my abilities are. The fact is, I stole rather a large amount of money from the Governor-General, and he'll doubtless be keen to get it back. The authorities know I boarded this train. Lady Adela saw the money in my little bag here, and you and the boy can positively identify me. So you see, my predicament... It's cold-blooded murder. It's what soldiers are trained to do, my dear. Ah, that'll have to do. Why is there never any rope when one wants it? And off we go. <laughs> ha! A trust pee. Why not simply shoot me? Well, that's not very gentlemanly. Especially after you were so kind as to return my valise to me on the station. Besides, it's a waste of bullets. Now... In a moment, I'm going to go through there and shoot the driver and his mate. Then I'll open up the throttle and jump from the train with my loot, just in time to watch it tumble into the abyss. I'll scream! Scream away. They won't hear you in the engine room. Back in a tick. Hope you don't mind hanging around. Further to the left, Professor. That's better. Nessa, how are you doing? Opening the vent now, Doctor. Oh, she's going down. Now, time to jump ship. I hope you know what you're doing, Doctor. So do I. Twenty feet. Fifteen. Doctor! I heard them, Nissa. Here goes! What was that? It sounded like something just landed on the roof. Well, not something. Someone. Look, look at the window. 
<laughs> I'd recognise those trousers anywhere. It's the doctor. Well, pull the communication cord. Stop the train. Nothing's happening. Uh, try the door. <laughs> oh, it's locked. Haggard. This is such a bad idea. Doctor! If the train doesn't stop, she'll crash through the barrier and go over the cliff. Great. I'll have to uncouple the carriages and apply the brakes manually. Be careful, Doctor. Why break the habit of a lifetime? We're going to have to jump off the back. Untie Dewan. Quickly. Dewan? The, 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 the tiger. Come on, we're rapidly running out of options here. Uh, we're slowing down. It must be the Doctor. He's uncoupled us from the front part of the train. Come on! Come on! It's working, Doctor! The rear carriages are slowing down! What about the driver? I think that's what the gunshots were. The front of the train's pulling away, gathering speed. Come on! Mission accomplished. Butcher! A most appropriate simile, given your current resemblance to a side of meat. Still, you shouldn't be hanging here for much longer. And you'll have a wonderful view through this door. Shouldn't you be getting off soon? My stop is just coming up. A nice soft bond from the looks of it. I like to leave nothing to chance. Then you should have tied my legs up too. Bon voyage! I'll send your luggage on. Ta-da! Houdini eat your heart out. Rabbits.
And things were going along so well, weren't they? And now you've got us in the studio. <laughs> I'm Barnaby Edwards, the writer and director of The Emerald Tiger. So these are the Carabar Caves. Rather forbidding, aren't they? The mouth of hell. Abandon hope, all ye who enter here. Shall we? Women and tigers first. I've been toying in my previous scripts with, with doing action-adventure stuff because I, I love all that Indiana Jones and, and uh, Saturday morning serial stuff and I just thought it would be really good to basically do a big Indiana Jones uh, adventure set in India working in a lot of uh, the Indian mythology and, and come up with this story. And also, you know, one of the things that we wanted to do was to, was to do something that was very different for the Doctor and that particular TARDIS team and uh, I think, you know, going to India, particularly a sort of crickety thing, um, seemed to work. Not just any old cricket match, Turlow. Today is December the 31st, 1926 and in a couple of hours, Arthur Gilligan will be leading the MCC and possibly the greatest match of the greatest tour in the history of cricket. All India versus the Marylebone Cricket Club. I've tried to sort of write it in a style that uh, was reminiscent of the adventure serials that used to have in uh, in cinemas in the 1930s, and they repeated a lot when we were growing up on television, uh, like Flash Gordon and uh, and Buck Rogers, where the the there's a start to the adventure and there's a journey, and the journey leads to the conclusion of the adventure, and, and you don't sort of do much toing and froing. You you follow a linear journey. Um, so I've tried to do that because I quite like that. I mean, uh, that is how how an adventure story is it's an episodic thing and I've tried to, to capture that and also you have that tricky thing where you've got three companions um, that you've got to give them each their own storyline so uh, uh, you can't just do that thing of ignoring them or having them all in the same scene so I've tried to give them each a unique thing that they do in this um, and periods when for a plot reasons they don't need to be quite so featured so you know Nissa loses her consciousness but we have dream sequences with, with her and uh, we have Turlo on the train when he's not uh, elsewhere and then we have uh, Tegan and, and uh, her sort of spectacular exit to the end of, of part two. How on earth did you find us? And, and where's Nissa? She's with Professor Narayan in that hot air balloon over there the one gently descending into a lost world filled with monsters. And Tegan? Dead. I'm Sarah Sutton and I play Nyssa. I'm Janet Fielding and I play Tegan. All right. Who owns that blooming great tiger? Well, if it isn't the girl from the platform. For me, this is an exhausting story. I seem to do all sorts of things. Yeah, I know. I, I, get, I get bitten by a rabid thing so I have rabies I go in a hot air balloon and climb to the top of a hot air balloon I fall out of a hot air balloon I get squeezed by a python I turn into a wear tiger and today I'm wearing a leopard print top to try and get me in the mood for being a big cat now a hat for Turlo and me and for you two ladies one of these each 
Umbrellas. Parasols to protect you from the heat of the sun. Every refined memsab carries one. I don't do any cat acting. No. No, no I don't. You do. I do cat acting. And there's lots of references, isn't there, to um, to the writers at the you know the, at the height of empire. So you've got Edgar, and you've got you know the reference to Tarzan and Jane, and then you've got you know the reference to Ryder Haggard with M- Major Haggard and all that kind of yeah. stuff. So there's all those kinds of you know, I like these stories that are very easy to visualise. There are some stories we do with Doctor Who, uh, they're on some planets, and I can't, I find that very difficult to see. You can really see yeah, the yeah, story, yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah. You can, yeah, yeah. Mm. It's very unusual. Reference, lots of references. Jungle Book. Yeah. What has my son and heir been reading tonight? Oh, well, well, young Jonathan. The Jungle Book, eh? Isn't that a little frightening? <laughs> Well, there are various different inspirations. It was Alan Barnes who uh, first suggested, because uh, we were talking about Kipling, and he said it, we've never done a, a Doctor Who story set in Kipling's India. And I, I mean, I'm very interested in mythology anyway, and uh, I think I've probably just been reading quite a lot of, of uh, Arcane Orion short stories and, and indeed some Kipling stuff. And I, I'm a huge Ian, Ian Forster Fan, so I, the passage, passage to India. I mean, all of those were in my head at the time. One of the great things when you're doing a story which is set in the in the jungle um, is that you know, you'd be mad to ignore uh, Rudyard Kipling's *The Jungle Book* and indeed Edgar Rice Burroughs' uh, Tarzan stories. Uh, so it's uh, the story is, is a collision um, of uh, of Kipling and Burroughs and E.M. Forster and Narayan um, and Doyle and everyone who gets name-checked as a character in this story because they're all named after literary things. Lady Adela Forster. Forster is E.M. Forster and Adela Quested is the lead character in uh, A Passage to India. And you've got um, her husband is called Edgar and that's from Edgar Rice Burroughs and there's the major um, played by Trevor Cooper or the colonel by Trevor Cooper and he's Burroughs as well. Uh, and then you have the Professor Narayan, that's from R.K. Narayan, the big Indian storyteller. Uh, and uh, Haggard, that's from Ryder Haggard, the big adventure writer. Um, so, yes, I, I haven't had a single original idea. I've just <laughs> cut them all up and pasted them into this uh, grand adventure. I'm not losing two friends in one day. I couldn't save Tegan, but there's a chance we can save Nyssa. If you don't think that chance is worth taking, then this is where you and I part company. My name is Peter Davison, and I play uh, the Fifth Doctor. Oh, Calcutta. Land of the goddess Kali. One of the world's most vibrant and popular cities. Centre of the jewellery trade. Hub of industry, commerce, science, politics, culture, education. And what have we come here for? A cricket match. Funnily enough, my mother, uh, um, I mentioned this on the first day of recording, my mother was born in India. Her father was in the uh, British Army, and um, first couple of years uh, of her life, uh, indeed at the time this this story is set, uh, was spent sort of back and forwards from the sort of army base to Calcutta, where the British Army was based, I think, until completely until about 1911 or something like that. And then it was sort of m- moved out of, of you know, to, I think, New Delhi or something. But, but they, were, they were stationed in a station not far from uh, Calcutta. <laughs>
If the train doesn't stop, she'll crash through the barrier and go over the cliff. I'll have to uncouple the carriages and apply the brakes manually. Be careful, Doctor! Why break the habit of a lifetime? Sister, what's happening? Dawan, is that you? I hear you, sister. The train is out of control. Are Tegan and Turlo with you? The boy is here now, but I do not know where the girl is. The doctor's done it. He's uncoupled the rear carriages and they're slowing down. Oh, that's wonderful. It's working, doctor. The rear carriages are slowing down. What about the driver? I think that's what the gunshots were. The front of the train's pulling away, gathering speed. Miss Lisa, look. There's someone in the front carriage. It's Major Haggard. What's he doing there? There's someone else with him. I can't see. They're pulling away. It's Tegan. Tegan, get out of there. She can't hear you. The Major's jumped. They're going to hit the barrier. Jump, Tegan. Jump. Remember Newton's first law of motion. The velocity of a body remains constant unless it's acted upon by an external force. Well, I'm that external force and this brake is acting on you, so stop! Oh, you've never let me down yet, Isaac. Doctor! Doctor! We did it, Nessa! We did it! Doctor, Tegan was in the front carriage. What? Tegan was in the front part of the train. The carriage still coupled to the locomotive. She went over the cliff. She's dead. She's dead. Come here, my dear. She was my best friend. She... Shh, shh. I know. I know. <laughs> Professor, you're drifting over the edge of the ravine. Turn the burner around and give it a full blast. Professor! We've used up all the fuel, Doctor. There's none left. What? Throw down the rope for the top vent. Quickly. Here. But there's nothing to tie it to. That's me. You got it. It's no good, man. Let go. Let go, Doctor. Or you'll be dragged over the edge. I'm not losing you. And I'm not losing you. No. 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 Nissa. Look after Turlo, Doctor. I'll find you, Nissa. I'll find a way down and rescue you. I promise. Just stay alive. Speak to Dawan. Speak to the tiger. Nissa. Doctor. Doctor, am I glad to see you. Haggard went mad and tried to crash the train. Haggard? Major Haggard, from the platform, the one who shot Kimball. He's a thief, apparently, and boarded the train to escape the police. Lady Adela reckons he decided to cover his tracks by wrecking the train. He jumped free just before the impact. We saw him through the rear door, rolling in the dust by the side of the track. How on earth did you find us? And, and where's Nyssa? She's with Professor Narayan. In that hot air balloon over there. The one gently descending into a lost world filled with monsters. Oh? 
And Tegan? Dead. Dead? She was in the front part of the train, the part that went over the cliff. What do we do now? Find a way into the valley and rescue Nyssa and the Professor. But first we have an appointment with a tiger. Damn you to perdition, girl. I should have shot you when I had the chance. Unless I'm very much mistaken, Sir Royal Chum, this shoulder of ours is dislocated. Only one thing for it, I'm afraid. One, two, three... That's all the sandbags, Miss Nissa. There's nothing else to jettison. Unless we throw the burner overboard, too. Too late for that. We're practically skimming the treetops. Brace yourself, Professor. We're about to land. Ugh. Ugh. When you say land... I do, of course, mean... Crash! Are you sure Tegan was in the front carriage when it... When it happened. Nessa saw her. Well, she might have jumped clear. What do you think I'm looking for, Turlo? Why else do you think we've been retracing the locomotive's path from the edge of the cliff for fun? No, of course Because not. this certainly isn't my idea of fun. Not any of it. There's nothing, not so much as a scuff of earth, to show that Tegan jumped clear. Which means she's dead, Turlo. Dead. And for what? Did she save a planet, a race, even a single life? No. She died for nothing. And to make matters worse, it's my fault that she died. If I'd uncoupled the locomotive instead of the cargo wagon... It... Then the train would have had too much momentum and we'd all have ended up at the bottom of that cliff. You did the right thing, Doctor. And why doesn't it feel like I did? The Doctor, I presume. Lady Adler. And this must be... My name is the Warren. What did I tell you, Gubby? The she-beast has returned. You can speak? Oh, but that's impossible. Improbable, not impossible. The Cheshire Cat managed it. The question is, what has she got to say? Well, Dewan? Nyssa is in great danger, Doctor. If Khan finds out she's in the valley, he will either kill her or worse. I shall send Naga to bring back this Nyssa. Her essence will enrich the Emerald Tiger. Khan? Who's Khan? Shadal Khan is Duan's brother. Not a very fraternal feline, by the sound of it. He lives on an island in the centre of that valley, in the Temple of the Emerald Tiger. I can say I missed more than just the train when we parted in Calcutta. So how did we get down to the valley? Both the balloon and the TARDIS are lost. There is a way through the caves. That was how I escaped the valley all those years ago. Khan knows it exists, but he's never discovered its secret. Closer, Gabi. This is what we have waited for. But first, we need to get rid of eavesdropper. Gabi! Gabi! No! Forgive me. That bird was the eyes and ears of Khan. Come, the caves await. I'll get some provisions from the train and catch you up. Come along, Tello. According to the Professor, majesty and mystery await us in the Karabar Caves. Majesty, mystery and Major Haggard. Look at these tracks. They lead straight to the caves.
quid nunc, as my classics master used to say. Periculum horribilis, I fear, is the answer. Thanks to that Antipodean harpy, our well-earned loot is at the base of that cliff, along with the rest of the train. Now, there's nothing for it, Sir old bean. We're going to have to go down and fetch it. Now, what did that aristocratic harridan say? Something about symbols shaped like beetles. Oh, well, the writing's on the wall. Or, more accurately, the scarabs are... Here goes, and drop. One, two, three, four. Four point two seconds. Taking into account the mass of the fruit, its drag coefficient, air density and so on, I'd say we were suspended approximately 120 to 130 feet above the jungle floor. Provided the branches hold, this basket is probably the safest place in the whole jungle. Now, I'm going to climb up and see if I can get an idea of where we are. Maybe I can signal the doctor. Will you be all right here, Professor? Professor Narayan? I've been here before. This jungle. What? But surely you'd remember. I am remembering the smells, the sounds... Miss Nissa, I... I think this place used to be my home. So these are the Karabar Caves. Rather forbidding, aren't they? The mouth of hell. Abandon hope, all ye who enter here. Shall we? Women and tigers first. This is madness, isn't it? I mean, we've got no climbing gear, no lights, no weapons. Well, most of the equipment was in the Ford baggage car, sadly. But I've got the essentials in this bag. Rope, torches, food. And a one made it without any of them. We'll be fine. But remember what the professor said. Those caves are packed with creatures already infected by the Emerald Tiger. If one of those things bites us, we'll end up like Kimball. Nissa needs us, Tello. She needs us alive. I'm not losing two friends in one day. I couldn't save Tegan, but there's a chance we can save Nyssa. If you don't think that chance is worth taking, then this is where you and I part company. Well, I'll come. I'm sorry, I just don't like caves. Do want? Wait! Oh, stop pulling! He's here. I smell him. Haggard! Oh, blast! Tegan Javanka, whichever circle of hell you now infest, it cannot possibly be as low as I would wish. Let there be. What? No! No! Who's there? Lady Adler? Is that you? How nice to hear your dulcet tones. Looks like your precious scarabs have brought us to a dead end. Indeed, sir, the rock fall from your previous dynamiting bashment, I expect. I say, won't you come into the light? 
I have something to show you. I wasn't born in Karabar. I was found there 18 years ago. Some villagers stumbled on my body at the entrance to the caves. I was unconscious, bleeding, barely alive. There were huge claw marks down my back and a tooth lodged in my right shoulder blade. It was clear I had been attacked by a wild beast, a tiger, and it was certain I should die. A holy man was sent for to perform the funeral rites. My injuries were terrible, and yet I lived. But my memory was a blank. I could remember nothing of my past. Until I came back here just now. The sounds, the smells, it all came flooding back. Proust had his Madeline. I have this jungle. And what do you remember now? Many things. To begin with, my name is not Narayan. That name was given to me after my remarkable recovery. Not so remarkable, surely. When the will to survive is strong, the body can repair even the most severe of injuries. In a week? A week? Without a single scar? Yes, Miss Nissa. You're not the only one with remarkable powers of recuperation. The villagers thought Vishnu had interceded to save me, and so they gave me one of his names, Narayan, Lord of Truth. How ironic, given that my entire life has been a lie. Amnesia isn't lying. All my days I have striven to uncover the past, both my country's and my own. And now I know the truth. I don't want it. The truth is always preferable to ignorance. That is easy for you to say, Miss Nisa. Your soul is not stained with the blood of the innocents. I know who I am, and I must face the consequences. My name is Ayapan, the destroyer, and together with my brother Shardul and my sister Dawan, I ruled over this valley for 10,000 years. All that time and you never came back. Weren't you even curious? I thought I'd buried my past here. None of us can do that. The past isn't a separate part of us, a photograph album we can leave in a drawer and forget about. Every decision we take, every thrill we experience, every disappointment we face, they make up who we are. Lose the past and you lose yourself. That's precisely what I want. Oblivion. Forgetting something doesn't stop it hurting. It makes it worse. Unattended wounds fester. I lost someone very dear to me today, but I won't forget her. If you love someone, you need to remember everything about them. Their face, their voice, the things they used to say. Keep them alive inside you and they'll never really die. Braveheart, Lady Adela. That's the one. She's hurt. Come on. Dewan, are you all right? Dewan! Oh, doctor, she's been shot. Let me take a look at her. Oh. Dewan, Dewan, can you hear me? It was haggard. I felt Nissa's grief at losing your friend Deegan, and I wanted to make him pay. I had my claws in him too, but then I felt the burning in my chest. Tell her, shine your torch on the wound. Lady Adela, may I trouble you for some of your petticoat? We need to staunch the bleeding. Oh, yes, of course. Uh, here. 
Doctor, this is the place. This is where I blew up the tunnel. See? My scarab on the rock over there. Only, uh, I don't remember it being so wet before. We're below the water table here. Your explosion probably cracked the rock, letting rainwater percolate through the fissures. Easy, Tiger, easy. Uh, I, I don't think it can be rainwater. The monsoon season was over six months ago. Perhaps the caves are a natural aquifer. Who knows? There. How's that door? Thank you, Doctor. I will heal. Just let me rest for a moment. Doctor, I've been thinking. This is a dead end, which means Haggard must still be here. To judge from the trail of blood, I'd say the Major sought refuge at the top of that pile of rocks, blocking the tunnel. The good thing about tunnels is that they have excellent acoustics, even damp ones like this. My brethren, after ten long summers, our sister Dawan is returning to us. Don't worry, my wolf brothers. She will pay for her treachery. She will bow before the might of the Emerald Tiger, or she will die. I need you to go out into the forest and find her. Bring her to me. And if that mongrel cub of hers, the whelp Jean, dares to intercede, you are to kill him. Tear the flesh from his bones, and from the bones of all humans you should encounter. The jungle does not belong to man. This is the realm of the beast. Whoever so much as looks in this direction will get a bullet between the eyes. And as you know, I'm an excellent marksman. And a terrible liar. You're out of bullets or you're defied already. Men like you only stop to issue threats when they're out of ammunition. Why take the risk? Aha. Not such a dead end after all. Why not just let me bleed to death? Surrender now and I promise I'll do what I can for you. <coughs> Haggard! <coughs> Haggard! <coughs> Major, can you hear me? Perhaps he's fainted. Wishful thinking. Doctor, can you smell it? Fresh air. Yes. He must have found a way through. Lady Adela, what's on the other side of that rubble? The eyes of Carabar. It's getting dark. That's when he'll come for us. Dusk was always Shardul's favorite hunting time. But how does he know we're here? Every living creature in this forest is under his influence. He sees through their eyes, hears what they hear. Believe me, Shardul Khan will know exactly where we landed. He is just biding his time. Then we need to get out of this basket. We're a sitting target. And go where? This is the kingdom of the Emerald Tiger. There are no hiding places. Shh! There's something above us. Then it isn't Shardul. Tigers aren't good at climbing trees. One of his creatures, then. I think you and I are more than a match for a parrot. What is it? Don't tell me you're ornithophobic. Behind you. That branch isn't a branch. It's a snake. Ah! Ah! 
but not out. As Oscar would have it, we are all in the gutter, but some of us are looking at the stars. And what pretty stars you are. The twinkling firmament above me. The twinkling ruby moving firmament. Siddle, little chap. I fear this is our Waterloo. Sounds like Haggard found your beetles, or they found him. They'll find us too, unless we get back up the tunnel. Devon, can you move? Right behind you, Doctor. Lady Adela, come away from there. Haggard's finished. There's nothing you can do. Oh, there's one thing I can do, Doctor. For all of us. Dynamite? Are you mad? You'll blow us all sky we high. We can't let those scarabs escape. We must seal the tunnel. No, we need to find Nissa. Too late. Run! How long was that fuse? 20 seconds. 20 seconds? But it... Naga, release her. It's me, Ayapan. I command you. Oh, oh, thank you, Professor. Get out of the basket, Miss Nissa. What? You can't fend off that monster on your own? Any minute now. There's going to be two monsters in this basket. Professor? I'm changing. I can't help it. Climb down a liana. And when you hit the jungle floor, keep running. Because I'll be after you. Go. Oh. I'll find the doctor. And we'll come back for you, I promise. Well, Naga. Tello, are you all right? Tello! I'll let you know, just as soon as this ringing noise stops. It'll pass, it's just filaments in the auditory nerve dying. Here. Uh, most comforting. Thank you. <coughs> well, at least the scarabs have gone. So is half of the tunnel. Doctor, we need to move now. Something's coming. I can hear it. Something big. I hear it too. Lady Adela, I owe you an apology. It wasn't an aquifer that made these walls so damp. What was it then? An underground lake, right above us. Your first explosion 18 years ago created fissures between the lake and this tunnel. And the second explosion, just now? Pulled the plug out. Everyone climb the walls! Now! Go on! The lake you're on! It's giving way! Climb higher! I cannot! It is... She'll never be able to swim against this. She's mad. Maybe not. Think about it, Tello. Water flows downhill until it meets an obstacle. So? So this dot is still flying at the same rate, which means it hasn't hit an obstacle yet. Somewhere there must be an outlet into the valley below. 
You can't seriously be thinking what I think you're thinking! There's a tide in the affairs of men which, taken at the flood, leads on to fortune! I always hated Shakespeare! What a stupid place to leave a rope. A rope with a peg attached. And a tent pole. A camp. Hello? Is anyone there? What did I tell you? The water's given us what no map could! Away into the valley. And how exactly are we going to get out again? One thing at a time. We have Nissa and the Professor to rescue first. Anything to want? All life in this valley pulses with the blood of the Emerald Tiger, Doctor. Locating Nissa's voice among so many is not easy. I recognise this place. This is close to where I lost Edgar. And little Jonathan. Yes, our, our camp was upriver from here. Then that's where we'll head. There might still be something we can salvage. Dry clothes, tin food, matches even. If we can light a fire, Nissa can track us down. Yes, there's certainly enough light to see by. A full moon and not a cloud in the sky. What's that? Canis lupus palipes. The Indian wolf. Lots of them from the sound of it. Which is odd. Odd? How so? They don't usually hunt in packs. They've cornered something. No, someone. Doctor, it's Nissa. I am your blood sister. I don't want to harm any of you. Please. Please. Please don't make me change. No. I refuse. I won't do it! I defy you, Khan! You cannot defy your own blood, girl. Give in to the Emerald Tiger. Surrender yourself and they become one of us. No! I won't change! Get back, dogs! Nissa, are you all right? Get back, Doctor! Run! Oh, her eyes! They're glowing! She's changing. You mean becoming a tiger? She can't help it. It's her body's natural reaction to extreme danger. The only way to stop it is to take away the danger. Everyone, grab what you can. We need to scare away these wolves. They don't look like they scare easily. Then we need to persuade them. It's not working. It has to. It's too soon, Vanessa. If she changes this early, she might never be able to change back. Go on, look out. They're taking her away. Doctor. The wolves have got to run! There's nothing we can do, Tello. We must look after Nyssa. Please! Doctor! Leave me! What now? 
now! That, that sounded like a... <gasps> an elephant! An elephant with two riders! They've done it! The wolves are scattering! Thank you, whoever you are. You just saved our lives. And not for the first time either. Tegan? Inertial dampness, my foot. I've been in less bumpy dodgem cars, and the damn key stuck. You hear that, Doctor? Wherever you are, you try opening the TARDIS door in free fall, and then maybe you'll think twice about remembering to oil the lock. Well, could have been worse. Sand? Who's throwing sand? I don't believe it. Hey, Kanissa! Tegan! Down here! Nissa! This is not a good day. And you can shut up. Oh, really? And what would you know about it, monkey face? Hey! Come back! I didn't mean to hurt your feelings. How to win friends and influence people. Maybe I didn't frighten you off. Maybe something else did. Whatever that is, it doesn't sound too friendly. Back to the TARDIS, I think. Come on, this is no time to hang around. Now that's what I call an elephant. Hardy, no. No hurt her. You hurt? No, no. I'm fine. Look hurt. Shocked. Not hurt. After all, it's not every day a boy in a loincloth rescues you from a giant elephant with living tree trunk tusks. Tree trunk tusks. Perhaps we'd better start from the beginning. I'm Tegan. What's your name? I, John. Right. Me, Tegan, you, John. It's the last time I ask you for a lift. Hurt? No. 
Why do you always ask if I'm hurt? John, help animals who hurt. Wouldn't you know it? A flying vet. Well, I like this treehouse of yours. I'd like it a lot more if it were on the ground rather than way up here. But you can't fault the view. This, my home. And very handsome it is too. A Queenslander in the sky. Where your home? A long way from here. You see the top of that cliff? That's where I came from. You ever been there? Forbidden. Forbidden by whom? Hungry. We eat. Who forbids it, John? Lord of Jungle, Khan. After food, I show you. Just as well from the treehouse. This is playing havoc with my digestion. See better at top of tree. Just don't let go of me, okay? Okay. The surface physique, the love of dangerous animals, the upward inflection at the end of sentences. Are you sure you're not Australian? Khan, live on island. There. Slap bang in the middle of everything, like a spider at the centre of its web. Not spider, tiger. Like John's mother. Really? My mother was a bit of a pussy cat. My aunt, mind you, but that's another story. So, can I meet this car? No. He kill you. He kill all like us. Like us. Well, whatever that means, here's hoping Major Haggart gets to meet him first. What about the balloon? Baloo. He fishing by river. How you know Baloo? Not Baloo, Balloon, as in hot air balloon. My friend Nissa was in one. Don't ask me why. And I think she may have landed somewhere in the jungle. I don't suppose you'd... Hmm? No, I don't suppose you would. Look, I have a friend, Nissa, and she's out there. I'm worried she may be hurt. Hurt? John, find Nissa and bring home. Tegan, wait! John! Don't leave me up here, John! Right. Now I know how the fairy feels at Christmas time. I take it all back, Tigger. Climbing down is much harder than climbing up, and I don't have a tail to get in the way. Well, if it isn't my old friend. Next time there's an elephant in the vicinity, I'll be sure to take your advice. What's that you've got there? Let me see. A book? John doesn't exactly strike me as the literary type. Hmm. No cover to judge it by. Let's see. This is the hour of pride and power. Talon and tush and claw. Oh, hear the call. Good hunting all that keep the jungle law. Hey, who's telling this story? Tegan, shush. Let Lady Adela continue. It's Kipling, the jungle book. I used to read it to... Oh, but it can't be. No, this... This young man can't be... Jonathan? John Thurn. Yes. Oh, my boy. My beautiful, strong boy. Oh, oh you... You don't remember me, do you? It, it's me. It's Mummy. Mummy? Oh, my darling. Mwah, mwah, darling, darling boy. Mwah, mwah. Oh. 
Doctor, how can that jungle boy be Lady Adela's long-lost son? Her toddler was killed in the attack, wasn't he? Taken, not killed. Nissa, how are you feeling? Reassuringly bipedal. Thank you, Doctor. You saved me from myself. It's Tegan you need to thank. She and John... Jonathan, there, saved all our lives. I guess I'm just a sucker for a happy ending. So am I, Tegan. I can't tell you how dull the universe was without you. That's what I've been telling you for years. So, who took the boy? This Shardal Khan character? Darwan. Darwan? So that's who she meant when she talked of her cub. She tried to hide the truth from me when we were sharing minds, but I could see it all the same. Guilt leaves a stain on everything it touches. Thoughts, memories, emotions most of all. But why steal the boy and go to all the trouble of raising him? Why not simply kill him or let him escape? Motherhood is a powerful emotion, Turlow. The urge to nurture and protect something vulnerable. Darwan had no child of her own and she so desperately wished for one. For Shardul and Ayapan, there was the hunt and the thrill of death. But Darwan yearned for life, a small life she could cherish. Is that such a terrible thing to wish for? It is when the child in question is someone else's. Besides, if she was so fond of him, how come she deserted him? What kind of a parent leaves their child alone and defenceless? Tallow, you can be an insufferable prig sometimes. Well, you'd know all about all that. All right, all right, reunited for less than an hour and already bickering. Doctor, oughtn't we to rescue Dewan? And the professor. I should never have left him. From the sounds of it, Nissa, you did absolutely the right thing. Remaining in a basket a hundred feet in the air with a giant python and a were-tiger is, to say the least, unwise. Now, there's a sentence you don't hear very often. Perhaps we could split up. Hmm? Nissa, Jonathan and I can return to the balloon while you head off in the direction taken by the wolves. No point going back to the balloon. The professor's not there. How do you know? Jungle Jim here's been there already. No sign of the professor. Just a mangled and bloody basket. Isn't that so, John? No, Fessa. I think he was going to investigate further, but he spotted Nyssa and the wolves. That's when he came back for me and we set off in pursuit on Nelly the Elephant over there. Hardy. So where is the Professor then? Khan has him. Dawan too. I, I can't break through to their minds. Khan is shielding me out, but I know they're on the island, in the Temple of the Emerald Tiger. I think it's time we paid a call on the Lord of the Jungle, don't you? Shardul, I know you're there. Your brother seeks an audience with the mighty Khan. Where's Naga? Dead. A pity. But all life is so fleeting. Except, of course, ours. Ten thousand years and still going strong. Have you come to beg forgiveness, Ayaban? That is for you to beg of me. You attacked me and left me for dead. And for what? For refusing to acknowledge you as supreme lord of creation. You don't create anything. You destroy. You sound so much like our dear sister. Dawan's beyond your reach, Shardul. Safe at the top of the great cliff. Only I was foolish enough to return. You're wrong, brother. Dawan too returned. A man-cub drew her back, and now she's joined me. I don't believe it. Dawan would never join you. Wrong again, dear brother. She and I are quite inseparable now. Behold, 
Run, brother. Don't let him absorb you too. Shardul, what have you done to yourself, to Dawan? When you and Dawan left me, I was so terribly alone. I felt empty inside. So I swallowed the emerald tiger. You did what? Oh, it was terrible, little brother. Truly terrible. You cannot imagine the pain. I began to change. My bones crystallized. My skin became transparent. My muscles deliquesced and coalesced into strings of stone. I fused with the rock beneath me. We became one. Just as Dawon and I have now become one. Don't listen to him, Ayapan. Run! Release her! Too late. Dawan is part of me now. Release her, or I shall destroy you. Destroy me? No one can destroy me. The entire jungle is mine, and I am the entire jungle. Every living thing in this land has a splinter of the emerald tiger within it. And all obey my will. I am no longer a servant of the emerald tiger. I am the emerald tiger. And now, my dear brother, it is time for you to join us. a while. I need to catch my breath. Of course. Let's stop here. Ooh, I'm not as young as I once was. <laughs> Who is? Son, wake up soon. Light. Jonathan, fetch thing. Mummy, rest. Be, be careful, Jonathan. Don't... Don't what? Talk to any strangers? Eighteen years without uttering a single parental platitude and suddenly I'm spouting the most hackneyed of cliches. Once a mother, always a mother. Hmm, I suppose... Do you have any children of your own, my dear? I sure hope Mowgli there knows the way. Oh, we're heading towards the centre, all right. Look around you. One part of the jungle looks much like any other to me. What am I looking for? The infinite variety of life, Tegan. The closer we get to the emerald tiger, the more varied the fauna and flora are becoming. It's a crucible of life. By varied, you mean weird. I don't remember frogs with wings from my biology lessons. Nor beetles with jeweled abdomens, or elephants with tusks made from living branches, or people who transform into tigers. Look, what happens when the emerald tiger gets into your blood? You change. Transform from one thing into another. Not necessarily. It's not so much a metamorphosis as a synthesis. Two separate, even incompatible forms fused into a single living creature. Silence, Midak. Your incessant croaking will give us away. That's just how Edgar used to talk about his beetles. He thought the traditional barriers between mineral, vegetable and animal were not as absolute as we'd been brought up to believe. Then he was a very perceptive man and a great loss to science. I had thought simply to kill this doctor. Now I can see what a waste that would be. Such knowledge must be preserved, assimilated. The girl, Nyssa. She must join us, too. No! Leave Nyssa alone! Or what, little brother? 
You have no power over the Emerald Tiger. We shall see. Ayapan, share your mind with mine. But it can't be done, Doctor. DNA can't be recombined like that. DNA can't, but molecules can. Molecular synthesis is just a theory, and a discredited one at that. Besides, in the highly unlikely event that someone had discovered a way to make it work, that person wouldn't be living on 20th century Earth. Precisely. Precisely what? I don't think the Emerald Tiger is from Earth. I think it arrived here by accident. Doesn't this valley remind you of anything? A vast, circular depression in the Earth. An impact crater. Of course. This is old-growth forest. It's been here for millennia. The professor spoke of ruling the jungle for 10,000 years. And it was already well established when he, Dewan, and Shardul stumbled upon it, so it must have been here for thousands of years before that. Speaking of Dewan and the professor, I think it's time we were on our way again. It's light enough to see by now. Doctor, that flying frog... What about it? It's having some sort of fit. Whoa! Bagsy named that new species. The exploding Jovanka frog of India, eh? Ah! Uh, no! Stop! Yes, sir. Are you all right? They're fighting inside my head. They're fighting Khan for control of the Emerald Tiger. Uh, What's happening, Doctor? I've no idea. Who's fighting Khan, Nissa? Darwan and the Professor. Then they'll need our help. Come on! No! Only I can control the Emerald Tiger! You should have thought of that before you swallowed us, brother! Dawon and I have tolerated your sovereignty for too long, Shardul. It's time for a change of leadership. No! I've heard of the living jungle, but this is ridiculous. I told you, there's a bit of the emerald tiger in everything around us. Animals, plants, even the ground beneath our feet. <laughs> yeah, but what is the emerald tiger? Homogenite. Impossible. Homogenite's a myth. One of the research teams on Terminus spent 20 years looking for the stuff. We found no evidence whatsoever. It's very rare, certainly, but it's not a myth. I think we're here. The fortress of Shadow Khan. How are we going to get across? Swim? I don't think that would be advisable. Look in the water. Crocodiles. Dozens of them. Jonathan, what are you doing? Jonathan and Hardy make bridge. Use tree. Stand back. Better do as he says. Shouldn't they try a smaller tree? You'd be surprised how strong that elephant is. Doctor, listen. It's calm again. The fight is over. Let's hope the right side won. Clever Hardy. Clever Hardy. I don't believe it. He did it. Oh, well done, Jonathan. Well, Doctor, are we going to cross? Absolutely. I'm in the mood for pulling a tiger by its tail. Try not to fall off the tree trunk, Tegan. Those crocodiles look hungry. I'll bear that in mind. No victory without sacrifice. All will soon be well. The doctor is coming. He will mend all wounds. Buzz off, you overgrown handbag. Careful as you go, Tegan. Remember Captain Hook. 
Don't worry. Crossing this thing's as easy as falling off a log. That's just what bothers me. Doctor, what exactly is homogenite? It's a single crystal forged in the heart of a supernova and ejected just before the star collapses. Most homogenite crystals spend their entire existence drifting through the interstellar void. This one happens to have collided with the planet, Earth. But... What's so special about it? What does it do? It's part molecular hammer, part molecular adhesive. It breaks down and recombines molecules into viable combinations. Its curious predilection for life makes it the ultimate biological repair kit. Legend has it that it can cure any disease or wound by dividing and reassembling a patient's atoms into new, healthier patterns. No wonder Terminus was so interested in it. It's frankly a miracle it survived the impact. Homogenite is a monocrystal, a single fracture, and it's finished. It must have been encased in an especially thick layer of meteoric ice. So all we need to do is smash the crystal and, and all this will end? Somehow I think Khan may have thought of that. End of tree. Temple this way. Look at this place. It's like an ice palace. Or Aladdin's cave. Major Haggard would have had a field day here. Pretty. Jonathan-like. Are these jewels real, Doctor? Quite real. Calcutta and its surrounding area is famous for precious stones. Now we know where they came from. You mean they arrived on the meteorite? More likely they were created by it, formed in the fantastic heat generated by its impact. Is that why so many of the creatures in this valley have taken on jewel forms? Perhaps the Emerald Tiger has a weakness for crystalline life. The Emerald Tiger has no weaknesses. Shadul Khan, I presume. Doctor, I have been looking forward to this meeting. Where's Dewan? And the Professor? You just missed them, I'm afraid. See? You murderer. They had a choice. Join me or perish. They chose the latter. What's happened to them, Doctor? Presumably Khan partially absorbed them and then withdrew the living crystal, leaving those petrified husks solid reminders of what it means to disobey me. The one! Mother! Jonathan, keep back! Ah, the man-cub. You have been a thorn in my side for so long. Mother! Khan, kill Mother! Not before time. The John Thorn kill Khan! John! No! Oh, oh, Jonathan, no! No! Jonathan! Oh, Jonathan! Oh! Tegan, Tallo, help Lady Adela. See if he's all right. Me? But I don't know the first thing about... Tallo! All right, all right. Thus perish all unbelievers. Unbelievers? You're not a religion, Khan. You're not even a cult. You're just one man. A little boy who couldn't get on with other children so tried to build an empire for himself out of beetles, bats and birds. Do not try my patience, Doctor. I am the Emerald Tiger. Careful, Doctor. You don't want to anger him. That's just what I do want. Angry people make mistakes. The Emerald Tiger... Just because you've swallowed a bit of common or garden homogenite doesn't make you special. Look at you. You can't even walk. What kind of a tiger can't walk? You're pathetic. He's trying to pull himself free of the floor. Excellent. If he severs the connection with the earth, he'll lose control of the jungle. What do we do when that happens? Lure him into the TARDIS and try to shatter the crystal. Tegan, 
How's John? Unconscious, but breathing. Good. You and Tello carry him out of here. And look out, Doctor! The roof! Back to the TARDIS, both of you, before the whole place comes down. No arguments. Go with them, Lady Adler. Khan, I have a gift for you. An offering from a mortal to a god. The only gift I want from you is your life. And the only gift I have for you is death. You have 60 seconds to live, Khan. Lady Adler, no. There's another way. Break the crystal and it's all over. That's what you said. Well, this dynamite should do the trick. That's for Edgar. Lady Adler! She's knocked out. Help me get her out of here, Nissa, before this place blows up. Oh, Nissa? Uh, no. Doctor, you go. I will keep Khan here. Nissa, no, it's suicide. Ah, uh, go, Doctor. Tell Deacon the data recorder. Ten minutes. Ah, ah, go! I'll come back for you. Oh, free at last. After all these centuries. Out of the way, blood sister. The world awaits the Emerald Tiger. No, Khan. Your reign ends here. Doctor, I think I found her. She's under one of the crystal pillars. Deacon, you and Tello take the other end. After three. One, two, three. Nissa, can you hear me? It's Tegan. Nissa. She's not breathing. Nissa. Nissa. It's time to go, sister. It wouldn't do to keep them waiting. What about you? We are but shadows, Miss Nissa. Echoes. Our time is over. Yours is not. But I can't lose you. Nothing is lost. Nothing is ever lost. We shall live on in your memories. Look after my cub and your own. Live, Nissa. Live. live. She's alive. <coughs> Welcome back, Nissa. We thought we'd lost you. Nothing is ever lost. Well, here we are. The locomotive's graveyard. Somewhere in all that twisted steel and wood is the TARDIS. Don't I know it. If that key had jammed a second longer, I'd have been strawberry jam. Every silver lining has a cloud. No, no. Can we offer you and Jonathan a lift anywhere, Lady Adela? Oh, delightful as it would be to see the stars, Doctor. I think my adventuring days are over. <laughs> Thanks to you, I've found my son again. This jungle is his home, and henceforth it shall be mine too. I've done with the outside world. Mummy, stay with Jonathan. Uh, besides, I think it's high time I gave my son some English lessons, don't you? Goodbye, all. Happy travels. 
Come, Jonathan. Let's see this treehouse of yours. Treehouse. Treehouse, Jonathan. Don't forget the R. How is it you can say tree but not treehouse? A new beginning. And a new year. What? First of January, nineteen twenty-seven. Happy New Year, Lady Adela and Jonathan. Will they be all right? The jungle creatures are back to what they were before. Now they're no longer controlled by Khan. They'll behave like ordinary wolves, elephants, and beetles. And flying frogs? Yes. Well, let's hope that little evolutionary quirk remains undiscovered. And me? What about you? You know what I mean, Doctor. I was infected by the homogenite too. What happens to me? When Khan was destroyed, the homogenite crystal shattered. Thankfully, there was still enough residual energy to heal you, but that will have dissipated now. The greatest healing power in the universe, and now it's gone. Think of the lives that could have been saved if I'd taken that back to Terminus. No more Richter syndrome. No more. I'm not sure anyone should have that kind of power, Nissa. However noble their motives, let's just be thankful you're back to normal. Better, in fact. Better. The time we were leaving, Teller. We're not heading for another cricket match, I hope. Oh, you really are the most dreadful philistine. Come on. What did he mean, better, Tegan? Your face. What about my face? Well, it must be some side effect of the homogeny. What's it, Tegan? What's wrong with my face? Nothing. It's just younger than before. Younger? You look just like you did back on Terminus. You've rejuvenated. Rejuvenated? But what will Lasati say? I'm sure your husband will be delighted. After all, you've just saved him a fortune in plastic surgery. Tegan! Come on, you two. We have a train to catch. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions, Doctor Who, the Jupiter Conjunction. I don't know what comets look like. Not up close. I have a major medical emergency. I'm attaching our location. Send help now. Earth Solar System 2329. And if you look at the scanner, you'll see something rather interesting in five, four, three. Oh. Bring the accused forward. Panenka Haulage. A comet one must be eight slash Q Panenka. You say that like it's an old friend. Well, the chap who discovered it was. Quiet. What's that sound? It's not even a proper court. It's a shopping precinct. This is nothing more than a piece of stage managed theatre. Nissa, wasn't it? Run! I'm not leaving you here. Get away! I can't move. You are unknown. 
Subscribers get more at bigfinish.com. Well, this is a very unusual uh, guest cast in that I got you know pretty much all my first choices. Uh, I wrote the story certainly with two actors, uh, the guest actors' voices in my head, Sherry Longy and Neil Stacey, because uh, I, I, you know, been huge admirers of them for ages. And, and Lady Adela Forster, I wrote absolutely with Sherry in my head, and it was wonderful when she agreed to do it because she has got. And not only is she a great actress, that goes without saying, but she has got a fantastic, husky, experienced, commanding voice that can at the same time be, be quite uh, weak and vulnerable. And she has you know, quite an, a, a, a number of emotional scenes in the story. And it was just, it's a, just a pleasure to hear something that you've written that in your head exists and you think, well, that's OK and that'll sort of maybe work. And then you hear what someone can do with it, a really good actor can do with it. So Sherry Lange was just amazing to work with, just a, a beautiful person, both physically and, and uh, in terms of her personality, just a joy to work with. My name is Sherry Lungi and I'm playing Adela Forster, Lady Adela Forster. Where is the power that made your pride? Brother, it ebbs from my flank and side. Where is the haste that ye hurry by? Brother, I go to my lair to die. I've never done anything sci-fi. I don't believe I have. This is a first for me. Lady Adela is um, a, a sort of a member of the aristocracy, married to Lord Edgar, who's a naturalist, and she and her husband and her small son, Jonathan, are on an expedition to the Carabar Caves. Something rather awful happens. And she finds herself in a very, very strange world indeed, and from which she escapes. And then uh, she's going back 18 years later with a very magical tiger who has escaped from this unknown valley. And that's when she meets Doctor Who and he joins her adventure. Purely by chance, we discovered a way through the caves into the sunken valley beyond was terra incognita. Well, I just thought it was a lovely ripping yarn. Uh, I thought it'd be great fun to be in an adventure, something um, with a lot of sort of action and excitement, um, a journey into an unknown world, which is what it's all about, the lost world. After Edgar and Jonathan were lost to me, I uh, escaped into the caves and used dynamite to seal the entrance to the lost world forever. I then followed the scarabs back to the mouth of the cave and to the world of men. Oh, well, I used to watch Doctor Who when I was little, when the dialects were still sort of almost made of cardboard. Yeah, I've always been a huge fan of Doctor Who, and I'm thrilled to see it come back and make such a great return. I've seen all the Doctor Whos, of course, so it's lovely to be playing with Peter. Um, who also happened to be at drama school at the same time I was, so we go back a bit of a way. Well, I was at drama school at the same time as uh, Sherry, and we've met at various sort of uh, events. Uh, so, yeah, I do, and you have that sort of uh, bonded experience, that bonding of the same experience at drama school from all those years ago. So I still see her as, uh, you know, I think she's in the year below me, so I was just slightly ahead of her. <laughs> I have been to India twice. Yes, I love India. Oh, I can definitely picture India. I mean, I haven't travelled widely in India. I've been to southern India, Kerala, and I've been... I've travelled between Delhi and Udaipur a long time ago. I did that before there were sort of 
a lot of hotels. So it was sort of like a 15-hour train journey across Rajasthan, which was quite exciting. Um, I love it. I just think India is fascinating and very, very beautiful and exotic. Actually, I never have. Have you? I have. Yeah. Yes. It's a wonderful place. It's one of the few places I've been to in the world that I really want to go back to. A lot of places, um, like I went to China, went on the round the world thing for three months and went to China. And I love China, but I've ticked that box. But with India, I don't think you ever tick the box fully. It kind of does draw you back. And I would, I'd love to go back again. I did see tigers in India, I have to say, actually, tigers. I'd in like Hawaii. to do that. And we saw a tigress carrying her three, moving her three cubs and she had them in her mouth. And we were only actually in that game reserve for 36 hours and that hadn't been seen for five years. We were so lucky. You know, I read quite a lot about it, especially since um, I knew there was sort of a family connection in a way about sort of the, the British Raj and India. And of course we were brought up with that idea that, that the British Raj was absolutely wonderful and we were just sort of, you know, and we got on so well with the Indians. And of course on one level we did, on the other level we were absolutely vile. Unbelievable! Who was that man? A walking embodiment of everything that's going to bring down the British Raj. You know, when I was growing up, I with the history about you know, British Empire being sort of wonderfully sort of uh, you know, beneficial and benign uh, operation. And of course you discover as you more read about it, although they did have good aspects to it. I mean, you know, still they, they, they you know, build the railways and all this sort of thing. So there were our good things that we, we did over there and things that are still greatly appreciated or maybe appreciated a bit too much by the, um, by the people over there. Let's go from the top for everyone. <laughs> I, won't be, I won't be any better, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and he means that. Okay, and we're running. One of the great things, the great helps for me as the writer of this story was that I had directed this TARDIS team before. Uh, and obviously I'm very familiar with the TV, all their TV episodes, and I re-watched uh, most of them for this in order to extract little signature lines that they do. But having directed them before in uh, in a previous season of the of the Fifth Doctor Adventures, they they have such an unusual and exciting and refreshing and invigorating dynamic between them. You have Peter and Janet who have this fantastic uh, uh, sort of exchange between each other. They're always doing one-upmanship and doing little jokes. Uh, and then you have um, Sarah who who is. Uh, who's always the sort of voice of reason and calm and, and a big giggler. And then you have Mark, of course, who uh, is, again, he's, he's, he's sort of got this fantastic overarching um, uh, uh, sort of urbanity to the whole thing. And it's a wonderful dynamic. And having worked with those four excellent actors before on these stories, I found that when I was writing it, they were the easiest characters to write for because I had them in my head and I just thought, this is the sort of thing that Janet would say. And there are loads of little comments and sarcastic one-upmanship and things like that, which are less driven from the TV series and more driven from the fact that the dynamic of those four people um, has it, it keeps everything so fresh, and you can invigorate a story simply by by you know, having that. If you've got a lot of info dumping, you've got to tell them a lot of technical babble about s starships and and meteorites and things like that. That can get very dull, but if you've got four exciting characters dis discussing it and you give them little sort of snipey lines at each other, I think it, it helps bring it to life. And it was great, you know, I'm really, I'm really happy to, to, to be working with that TARDIS team because although it's a complicated team to write for, when they actually do it, when you see it in the studio, you hear it, they, they really bring it to life. Save him! Yes, sir. Doctor! Doctor! Look up ahead! 
Fantastic. Brilliant work. Excellent. Uh, we can all have a little tea break now. Thank you very much. Thank you. Bang on schedule, folks. Mm.